This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome aboard the National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. Hope all are having a fantastic day. And without a doubt, content is filled when it comes to football, okay? Yeah, but you know what else is great, too? Make no mistake about it here. What else is cool is that the rest of the sports will. I got, look, we're a football show, but I do have to start the show off by saying this to you. That performance last night that Kevin Durant put on, when he had two of his superstars limping around, was sensational. 49, 17, and 10. And against a team that they were down 17. That's leadership. That's carrying the mail for your team when they need you the most. Doesn't matter what sport it is. Okay? It doesn't matter what sport it is. When you find dudes like that, that's when you start looking at guys and saying, that's Tom Brady. That's a guy that's special. A Joe Montana. A Michael Jordan. Those are guys when the lights are the brightest. Step up the most. Remember something here. We're talking about a dude coming off an Achilles injury a year ago, too. And that dude, what did he do last night? He put on a show of shows last night. That was as good of a performance in any sport that I have seen in a long time. Make no mistake about it, man. Fourth quarter, Kevin Durant was sensational in that thing last night. And you know what? It's great because he he makes it lean forward, and you have to watch it. Now, the next game, it's appointment setting. When you find athletes that are appointment setting guys, Tiger Woods is a great example of that, where you have to set your television to those dudes because they're going to do something special. They're going to do something sensational for you. That's what a sports fan pays for, friends, is when you get a chance to watch something like that. That was just a wonderful performance last night. Really was. And and, and before I move on to football here, I saw LeBron James just gone on a a Twitter tirade. And let me tell you something about LaFraud. 
I happen to agree with our good friend in Philadelphia, Howard Eskin. This guy's the fraud. Let me hook you up here on this. Okay, so he starts barking about the season starting too soon from when they started from the bubble. And you have all these superstars outs, the most superstars out in the postseason in recent memory. And I think he even said, and I'm paraphrasing his tweets, that he said that, hey, man, it's the most in history. Well, be better prepared. Be better prepared, man. Okay? that's. Are you really blaming a schedule for the fact that players are getting hurt because they're not physically prepared? That's not on a schedule, guy. That's on a player. How many times have you ever seen Tom Brady or any NFL guy not ready to get out there and take the field on a Sunday? I don't like excuses being made. I don't like the excuses. Don't make an excuse for failure or injury. Now Kawhi Leonard's out. ACL. You know what, too? These guys with this load management stuff, you want to know why nobody's watching the NBA? Well, if those guys may have been playing, how about this? You want me to hook you up on something? Instead of doing all the load management that the players did during the regular season, let me flip it around on LeBron again. Well, maybe if you had played during the regular season, maybe you wouldn't be injured. Maybe you'd be in better shape right now so that you can go out there and play in the postseason. You know, I I throw this number out all the time to people when it comes to Michael Jordan. Let me throw this at you here. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan played 81, 81, 81, 81. That dude never missed games. It wasn't like that, man. I think the ankle injury he had early in his career, then outside of the retirement, Jordan didn't miss games because he was constantly prepared. Preparation, man. That's also part of being great. Hey, Father Time, and when you're an old dude too, like LeBron, you got to work harder. Let me give this to you too. Let's start it here with football with Brady. And let me put this out there to you. Do we not agree that Tom Brady is the greatest longevity player? How about this? You want to hear something that makes it even more insane when I say the GOAT already with Brady? I was talking to my boy Xander prior to going on. You know, we're talking about, you know, Brady's greatness and such, okay? Do you ever really bet against that guy? Okay, so he's already got the tag of the GOAT. But you know what? He's the greatest longevity player, maybe in all sports. Name me a better guy at the age of 44 who did it from the time he was 24 to the time he was 44, and there's been no drop-off. There's been no drop-off in Brady's play. If anything, there's been drop-off in the talent around him. That's why he left New England. I'm trying to think of some of the athletes that I've had. How about this? Even near the success. Hey, has Father Time put his hand on LeBron's shoulder a little bit these last two or three years here where he's been injured? Last three years, LeBron has been injured in two of those last three years. I know there's a title wedged in there. I'm all good with that, man. It was a great accomplishment, winning a third championship on a third different team. No doubt, man. First guy in NBA history to ever do such. Okay? LeBron's going to be 37 going into the next NBA season. Tom Brady's going to be 44 going into the regular season of the 2021 NFL year. 
And this guy's already still considered one of the top five quarterbacks in the sport. And you know what? I, I, I did my top 10 quarterbacks yesterday. And I, I, I said it to you too. I don't know why I have him at four. Maybe it's because I don't believe what I'm seeing. Maybe it's because I can't believe that a guy has just been this consistent. Here's the difference between Aaron Rodgers right here and Tom Brady. Tom Brady loves the game. And if you love the game, you're prepared for the game. Aaron Rodgers is great at the game, and he likes the game. Aaron Rodgers likes being a football star. Brady loves winning games. It's the clear difference. Aaron Rodgers is playing a ukulele in Hawaii. Tom Brady's playing with his teammates to try to get ready and prepping for the upcoming season. It's clearly the difference. You know, those two guys have a completely different schedule of how they prepared themselves for the upcoming games. Brady's looking at right now, preparing his offense, preparing his huddle, preparing his locker room for another journey that they're about to go on. Dude, that guy is vested in every way possible you want an athlete. And most importantly, you're not going to see that guy. Hey, even Brady was injured last year, and Bruce Arians has already come out and said he was more injured than you really thought. That's why there was a concern whether or not he was going to finish the year. Brady's offseason preparation prepared him for that, and he was able to man through it. You know, somebody tells me that Kawhi Leonard's got an ACL injury. To what extent? Here, know this. Maybe this is the difference between football guys and basketball guys, and baseball guys when it comes to like having a blister on their finger and they miss starts and such. Maybe it is. So excuse me if I sound like a Neanderthal with this. But how hurt is Kawhi Leonard? If you can walk, you can play. That's, I think, the mentality of the NFL guy. And you know what? I think that's why the NFL and football in general I think that's why it resonates with American sports fans. Because how about this? You guys may be sick going to work every day. There may be something going on in your family. There may be a situation financially in your life. Who cares? Go to work. Go to work, dude. And I truly think that's why the American sports fan has gravitated to football. You see this load management stuff going on in in basketball. Watch this. Hey, man, I'd, I'd be great, too. It'd be awesome if I could miss, you know, a couple weeks, you know, because, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm not feeling good about something. You know, wouldn't that be great? And I make $500,000 a night every time I step on the floor. You know, I'm just not feeling it, you know, pulling a Kawhi Leonard or something. Yeah, I've got, like, you know, some situations that I got to figure out. Well, do I still pay you the five hundred grand? Oh, okay, I do? Wow. Because your feelings are hurt. That's why NFL fans, man, or college football fans, they love the sport of football. Because you're gonna, if you can walk, you're gonna play. You got the entire hey Kawhi, just a note, dude. And I I, I actually know Kawhi a little bit, having covered San Diego State basketball, and I know how they revere him. Steve Fisher loves the kid. He's college basketball coach. I, 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 hey man, I, it's hard to say this, 
But dude, you got the entire offseason to heal up. Okay? You were named first team All-NBA. Act like it. Act like it matters to you. You know, I'll give James Harden some credit last night. You know, people said, well, he was just out there. Still, you know what it allowed KD to do? Not to have the ball in his hand, bringing it up to court. It was in Harden's hand, so he could move without the ball. That's why he created shots for KD. He may not have done anything last night, but he was still like a decoy. And I thought maybe it even gave the entire lineup, hey, look at this. Here's a guy that ate his way out of Houston, but here he is injured, and he's got a bad hamstring, but he's out here trying to do something and whatever he possibly can. And if that's being a decoy, dude, that's good. That's all good. Yeah, but Sills, you know, this guy here is like the face of the franchise. So what? You don't think people have – hey, when, when, you guys probably – and forgive me if you don't know this name, but do you actually – believe that Willis Reed, the legendary New York Nick, his reputation is on the two championships he won in New York, or those brief moments when he came out in the first title run where he had a bad wheel and he went out and shot them buckets and went up in that series just a couple points and then they yanked him out and he never played again. You think he's known for that? Or how about this, Jack Youngblood? Okay, going out and playing on a broken leg. How about T.O.? What was that, 14 catches, over 140 yards of receptions in the Super Bowl? I'll tell you this, of all the games T.O.'s played, that game is a signature game for me because you know why? This guy went out and played on a broken leg. Well, it really wasn't, you know, it was kind of here. Dude, he went out on a broken leg. Have you ever had a hairline fracture in your leg? You think you're going to go out there in an NFL game with, with, with professional hitters who know you have a broken leg? And what, you think I'm going to go light on it and not go after that leg to take a player like that out? You'd be crazy. What, you don't think players were targeting that wheel? You must think it's all about kissing cheerleaders and paychecks. Because when you're playing for a championship, I know there's a weakness in some player's game. I'm going for it. Yeah, but that's not sportsman sportsmanship. I love that guy. The old, you know, pugilistic rules. Yeah, okay, give me a chair. I'll show you what I'll do with it in the game. I'll do whatever it takes to win a ball game. And so will everybody that's in a locker room. They will do whatever it takes to win. Because winning is like a disease. It's something once it gets in you and you've experienced it and you've tasted it, you'll do anything. Coaches... Coaches right in that conversation as well. It becomes a virus. Yeah, man, but you, you know the pugilist rules. Okay, great. All right, let's move on here. A couple more things, and I'll hit on some of the things that we just opened with here. But And just to start it out here, and I'm going to use Chris Paul as an example here. Chris Paul now looks like he's going to be in the COVID protocol. Uh, and he may miss a significant portion of the Western Conference Finals. You got to think that this puts the NFL on notice going into the upcoming NFL 2021 season. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell people that you have to be vaccinated. I'm just going to tell a story here. What a disadvantage this is for the Phoenix Suns if they're not able to have. And by the way, from what I'm understanding, let's not forget something here. 
And we're going to find out a little bit more about how the NBA players really think of this. Do you know that Chris Paul is the president of the NBA's Player Association? So if this guy's not vaccinated, and personally, I believe LeBron's not vaccinated. Personally, I think half that league's not vac vaccinated. And so I don't know if he's caught anything, but you're talking about being in those contact tracing areas where it's a 14-day hibernation where you got to put the player. You're talking two weeks. Dude, that's significant when it comes to the Western Conference Finals. You put the Phoenix Suns in a hole if that's the case. Holy cow, man. I mean, say they play, end up having to take on Utah. So you're going to take Phoenix, put them out there on the floor in the Western Conference Finals. And even though he may not have COVID-19, you're going to keep this guy in the protocol system and he may not have it? Boy, I'll tell you, you talk about rigging the deck. If I was the Players Association, I'd be like, hey, hang on here now. Your rules need to change. And quickly, if this guy comes back and he doesn't have COVID-19, but because you have these dumbass political rules in place for COVID-19, you better come clean with the player here and you better change that rule. According to the CDC, and I'm not playing doctor here, okay? I'm talking about unfair competition here. You take a guy like that off the court because of your own internal rules and you're bucking what the government is telling you. If you've been vaccinated, then you I got a problem with that. I don't know how the NBA Players Association is not coming down on this. And if I was the NFL, I'd be doing the same thing. How about this, man? You get ready to play a division game. And your Eagles and Giants or Eagles and Cowboys or Steelers and Ravens. And all of a sudden, a guy comes down and they put him in contact, contact tracing protocol. And you're out two weeks. Dude, no way. No way. That rule needs to change. California just opened up a couple days ago. We need to start doing something that we said a year ago. And again, I'm not preaching anything here. I'm following the science of what the CDC, and I check that website all the time, by the way. Okay? I check that website because that could have a direct result of impacting games in every sport, NHL, NBA, upcoming NFL and college football seasons. As we're rolling towards opening America back up again, act like it. And again, I'm not telling you, not, this has got nothing to do with mask. I'm not telling you to get vaccinated. I'm not anti-vaccination. By the way, I've told you this before. Do you know how many Americans have had vaccinations? Almost all of us. I've had 16 of them in my life. Smallpox. Remember when we were kids? Chickenpox. Nobody's anti-anything. Okay? But what I am is, is that you've got rules in your league right now that could directly have a result of fair competition. You can't take Chris Paul out of that Western Conference because you have a rule. And if he's cleared, how about this? And he's been vaccinated. Now, here's something else. Maybe he hasn't been vaccinated. We'll find out a little bit more, right? Maybe that's why the NBA has been so. When I saw that today, I was like, well, 
the guy's been vaccinated. That's what the NBA's been telling me about all their players. No, you're inside the arenas. So, I mean, either you're lying or the rule needs to be changed. So the NFL's got to be watching this. Like, can you imagine going into a Super Bowl and you pull Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes out of that Super Bowl because they had contact tracing and not had the disease itself? I'm not, the American public would go crazy over that. And it would be, think of the sports gaming and the betting that would be involved and the amount of money that would be thrown around in something like that. How about this, the bad PR that would look like? Wow. I mean, that to me, in a nutshell, is a major trouble. If you're the NBA and if you're the NFL, like I said, you've got to absolutely be looking at this right now and moving in the direction where you've got to have a different conversation. All right. Let's do this now here. And... You know, I've been I've been kind of pimping this here. And yesterday, my boy Cal told me that Tua threw five picks in a scrimmage. How does that, how do you think that here? Let's just take the media out of the conversation here. How do you think that looks to the rest of the team after a year ago that you were yanked for Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because he had to go in and clean up games that you made a mess of. Okay, what was it? How many times was he benched at the end of the year last year? Twice? Three times? I, I lost count. I mean, I didn't see Joe Burrow getting benched. I didn't see Justin Herbert getting benched. And, and some of you out there are probably going like this. Well, Dan, wait a minute here. You know, can you com- you'll always be compared to the people you're in your draft class with. Todd Gurley and... You know, all the running backs that were drafted in his draft, like Melvin Gordon, them dudes, will always be, they'll always be gauged on whose career was better coming out of that draft. That's just what it is. The 83 draft really started that with all those quarterbacks with Marino, Kelly, Elway, you know, all them dudes that were in that draft, even the 04 draft with Roethlisberger and Eli and Rivers. You'll always be gauged because of that class that you were drafted in. Always be. It's just what it is. And to sit there and say, when I watch Tua, I do this. Look, I don't know. And I keep saying it. And now I'm hearing people that are in the Miami Dolphins camp saying, the kid has a struggle when it comes to seeing defensive schemes. You know what that translates to me? This guy has trouble reading his playbook. His playbook, do you know what a playbook is in the NFL? A playbook is like an owner's manual of what to do. And it gives you options on how you can put the toy together, put the grill together. If you see this, a blue set defensive backfield where the safety's up, your alternative to go to the slot, it tells you, In the owner's manual, a playbook is exactly like the owner's manual that say those guys who go to space, you know, SpaceX guys, they have that manual. It tells you in case of emergency or what to do next 
or what this button does or what this situation. It's a situational book. That's what a playbook is. And if you can't read that, you can't play. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good you are. All right. We're going to switch gears here. We're going to talk to a guy who won a Super Bowl. And by the way, his journey, he went through the World League. He ended up getting drafted, I think, if I'm not mistaken, by the Minnesota Vikings. And then he landed in Tampa, or maybe it was vice versa. And he would end up going on and winning a Super Bowl with the Warren Sapp defensive team. Could that team have beaten this last Buccaneers championship team? Was a star at Florida State. His son is now the starting quarterback at LSU for Ed Ogeron, who was on the program a couple weeks ago. We'll talk to Brad Johnson next on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com.
Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy, Dan Cilio. Appreciate everybody stepping in with us. And I had to get this guy on the show because Ed Ogeron had brought something up that I'm kind of struggling myself with right now. My daughter's a Division I rugby player at Grand Canyon University. And do you know how hard it is for me not to give her advice? Well, when I heard Ogeron say that Brad Johnson's son, Super Bowl champion Brad Johnson's son, is going to LSU and he may be the dude there at LSU, I had to get him on here with us. And here is the Super Bowl winner, Brad Johnson. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, Dan. Appreciate you having me on your show, buddy. Thank you. All right. Now, first and foremost here, when Coach O said, yeah, man, Jake's coming to um, LSU and he's my guy and he's going to be my guy going into the upcoming season this year. How hard is it for you not to give advice to your kid? Well, Max is my oldest son. He's the quarterback there. My younger son, Jake, he's going there next year. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, but I, I've, I've, <laughs> with my son, Max, I've coached him out of the womb and coached all his youth teams, middle school teams, high school teams. And as a parent, you're sitting there in the stands and <laughs> you're, eating like, you're eating popcorn just like every other Every other parent, you you know, how do you, where do you park and what do you do? But I remember when Max he got his first snap, the ball was on the one yard line coming out, and I'm like, dude, all his life I said, get the first snap, and when you backed up in the end zone, take care of the ball, and you just all these things are like going through your mind, and then all of a sudden you, he's out there, you let him play, and after the game was over, whatever we're talking, he said, Dad, I remember the conversation, like <laughs> don't fumble that ball on the one yard line, deal with the crowd noise, come out, lead your team and make plays and those kind of things. So uh, it all comes into play. Being a dad, you're, you're helpless. I'm sitting there with my wife, Nikki, and we just you cheer for your kid and then try to support him the best way you can. You know, Brad, I do this too, man. My kid's out there playing. All of a sudden you see, like, go down and there's an injury. I tell right. you what, I know you and me, man. We've broken every bone in our body, man. Yep. And when there's, like, a littlest injuries out there, you're like, oh, my God, man. I hope he's all right. My wife's right. looking over at me going, how many times you broke that bone? I go, at least right. three. She's like – well done, you know, and so it, I, I've never hurt more watching my kid play than I did when I played. Right, right. I, <laughs> when, my, my, when Max was young, my, my, my dad was here, Rick, and he was climbing up the steps, and I said, Max, go help him get up the steps. Go help him get up. <laughs> and my dad's walking up one step at a time, and he turned to me and said, Dad, he walks just like you. And I said, son, you will walk like him and meet one day also. So when you play quarterback, you play football, uh, it's not a matter of, you know, if you get hurt, it's a matter of when. And think about all the surgeries you've had, all the grind that you've been through. It comes with the territory, and hopefully you can, you know, have longevity, be healthy, but it's injuries and dealing with um, <laughs> pain is part of the game too. All right, let's go into it here. 2002 Buccaneers versus the 2020 Buccaneers. Who wins that Super Bowl? Be a great game. I, I'm betting on us. I'm betting on <laughs> us. I mean, it, it, it's you sitting there watch them. It's, it's really fun to watch them this past year. Very, there's a lot of similarities that people don't understand. Um, this year, at one point, they were seven and five. Are they going to make the playoffs? They get hot at the end of the year. They're in the first year of the system with Tom Brady. They bring in 10 free agents, um, mostly on the offensive side. They had a tremendous, tremendous defense. This past year, they scored 145 points off turnovers. They scored 45 points in the playoffs off turnovers. You bring in Tom Brady. He learns the system. He gets 
hot as the season goes on. He feels more probably more comfortable with the system with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and Clyde Christensen as the QB coach. One system he's been in for 19 years. They get hot at the right time of the year. They win three playoff games in a row, win a Super Bowl. For us, very similar. Um, John Gruden comes in as the head coach. We bring in a bunch of free agents. Joe Jervicious, Keenan McCardell, Roman Oban, Kerry Jenkins, and the list goes on. Michael Pittman, uh, a bunch of moves in offseason. It took us a while to learn the system in the first year. We went 12-4. and four. This year, the, the Bucks went 11-5. and five. We both got hot. And all you can say is both of us were world champs. The Bucks haven't won a playoff game in 18 years since we did 2003 to what they did this year. So kudos to the Bucks. Happy for those guys, what they deserve this year, and obviously what we did you know, back in 2003. I wonder what you think, Brad, is a more difficult journey, though. You know, it's one thing for a quarterback to come into a new system. John Gruden had to come in with Tony Dungy's house, too. You know, he comes right. into an environment that Coach Dungy had set up I wonder how long it took you guys to get accustomed to John's style because Coach Dungy and Coach Gruden couldn't be two different polar opposite guys. I, I wonder, again, right. for you guys, was that more of the struggle, just getting to know the personality of the coach? Because the Tom Brady goes in there, and I think the players gravitate to him because of the resume as well. Then they get to know the guy, and I would think that process is a little bit easier. I mean, I wonder how that roster felt with Gruden going in there on the first year winning that Super Bowl? Tony Dungy, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, I'm sure it was different for the Colts when he came in for Jim Moore and what he established in that program with the Indianapolis Colts and what they did there and winning a Super Bowl. When Tony got the job, I don't know if it's 94, 95, I think, 95, I believe, he turned the Yucks into the Bucks, uh, turned down um, the winning tradition, guys out in the community, um, Winning, winning games, winning division, getting to the playoffs. And, and then sometimes there's a, just a change that takes place. And uh, sometimes it's for the good, sometimes it's for the worst, whatever happens. But Tony, Tony made a huge impact on the players they drafted and, and the winning culture at Tampa. There's no doubt about it. And when Gruden came in, he brought a, a different breath of fresh air. And he made a move, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of moves in free agency. I don't think he gets enough credit for. I think for what it he was did. nineteen, Brad, because I worked yeah. in that market. Yeah. I think it was like nineteen players yeah. were brought in by him. Yeah, and he, he, he should get credit for what he did and for what we accomplished. Both of them, what Tony did was incredible, but what John did also was it, it was it was well earned. Also, I mean, it deserves that. So our defense played at a high level. Offensively, we played at a high level, and we played Super Bowl Super Bowl caliber winning football. And that's what we did. So. Um, you know, John's got a ring on his finger for Tampa. Tony has a ring on his finger for Indianapolis. So that's, that's the way I see it. Two great coaches and, and, uh, but it takes great players. And, uh, that's, that's what, that's what took place. Let me throw this at you here. And again, this is no shade at either guy. It's just maybe a comfort when it comes to a player. Cause I love playing for Jimmy Johnson. I wasn't so sure about playing for a guy like Ray Perkins, even though I loved Ray. It's no right. shade on him. Who, who did you enjoy playing for more? Or maybe who was it easier to communicate with? Was it John Gruden or was it Coach Dungy? Yeah, there's no battle. There's no battle in between. No, I love no. playing for Tony. I was with him for three years in Minnesota when he's the defense coordinator there. He brought me there. Uh, what's different was you have an offensive head coach compared to a defensive head coach. And then for me, I was with John Gruden for nine hours a day. <laughs> so, it, I mean, you start talking like him, you start acting like him. I mean, you're with him. So 
for me, it's, the connection was we were we were close, we were tight. Uh, we're in the meetings together, we're eating together, that kind of thing. And so you could almost kind of tell what play was coming next. So it was just a different philosophy within team structure and just kind of the way practices were structured sometimes. But both of them, tremendous coaches, both of them winning playoff games and both of them won Super Bowls. But so I, obviously I spent more time with, with Gruden because of the, him being the offensive coordinator and the head coach, but, but more importantly, the play caller. So that's kind of the way it was for me. Brad, is it is it more media hype when we're talking about how John Gruden is difficult on his quarterbacks or again, and, and, and like, you know, I think you bring a great point up and I don't think people understand that, you know, John, if he's that close to you all the time, you guys are eating together. You guys are talking together. You're not just talking right. football. You're talking about life in general. So that means he's becoming a personal friend of yours as well. And he's understanding your family and he's talking about your family <laughs> so that right. it, it becomes this, if he's critical with you, it's coming from a place of loves, but, Again, is it is it difficult, you know, working for him? Is it what they say out there in the media, or is it just media made? I love playing for John. I mean, he was a great teacher of football. What what says what plays are good? What why are we running this play? I, he was easy for me. He was he was one of the easiest coaches I played for. To be honest with you, the hardest part is you have to learn the terminology. You shift green left to SF short spot to you Y banana Z overheads. Up for three fifty nine smoke. I mean, what are we calling here? But but it's that with every team, every system. You have to learn different terminology. I was fortunate enough to have been one system in Minnesota where I understood for seven years where I understood concepts. I wouldn't have to learn concepts from Gruden as much as the terminology of the plays, and that's the biggest thing. And and he does put a lot on you, just like most teams do now with a check with me, a kill package, and being able to you know call plays out of out of just being able to audible. So. I love playing for John. He's, he took me to another level. He believed in me, gave me a chance, and we won a Super Bowl together. So that's that's all you can ask for. Brad, I wonder if you can hit on this too because, again, you talk about the fact that you've had a journey too. You know, just like me, I played in the World League too. You right. went to Minnesota. You end up going through this incredible journey that led to a Super Bowl championship. Just tell me what your thoughts were when you saw Tom Brady. And I try to explain this to somebody. You know, Brady goes from a place where he was there for 20 years. With a pandemic, he goes down to Tampa. He doesn't know any of the personnel. He only knows of the personnel. He gets to get very little time with them. And the right. job that they did this last year by winning that, I mean, this guy's got a brand new parking spot, a new coffee maker he's got to deal with. I mean, right. there's so many new things. How, how difficult was that, you thought, for him to be able to go in there and then to hoist that Lombardi trophy all at the end. Right. I went through that experience three or four times of moving teams. Uh, you saw Brett Favre. He went through four teams himself. Honestly, it goes. It happens to almost every quarterback or every player in the NFL. Very rarely do you just stay with one team. Peyton Manning did it one time too. But the hardest part is where am I going to live? Where are my kids going to go to school? You walk in. How do I get – where do I park at the facility? Um, who are the people in the building? Who are the secretaries? Who – how do I get to the game? Where do I park? I, I understand football, but then, okay, I got to learn new terminology. You know, is it Axe, Double Right Spear, Larry, 735 H Pump, or is it, you know, Green Right, F Short Spire 2, Y Banana? I mean, what are we calling here? So, you know, where's my wife? Where's she going to go to the grocery store? You know what I mean? How's family flying in? Who are the players on the team? These are new guys. You're looking through the media guide. You're trying to learn names. You start giving guys nicknames. You know, what's a new snap count? 
I like this play, coach, but that coach likes this play. <laughs> How we? What am I? Can I audible, coach? I mean, there are things he had to go through. They were seven and five at one time, Dan, and it, there were. I'm sure there was stuff that we don't know about as fans that they had to go through in, in personal meetings and conversations and texts. You know, hey, I like this coach. You like this, Byron? What do you think? You know what I mean? He went. Remember how Tom went into the wrong house <laughs> trying to learn plays? You know, they're a struggle. So what they accomplished this year um, over Zoom, no training camp, no preseason games, it was it's pretty amazing to see what they did. You think they'll be better this year because there's going to be more hands-on now? I mean, there's more communication now because we're right. coming out of this pandemic. If the Buccaneers – I th- would it be fair to say this, Brad, that the only issue that the Buccaneers have right now is the war of attrition. If they're able to get through the season with the majority of their star players, they're going to be right back in that conversation again. Well, I mean, <laughs> you got to think they're going to be in the hunt. I mean – Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, when John Gruden came to town, the flags were they – were, they were flying, okay? When Tom Brady came to town, the flags were flying. Like expectations, we're going to win a Super Bowl this year. And so that's that's what was expected. That's what was done both times. And so, I mean, Tommy's been to 10 Super Bowls, lost in four other AFC championship games. So you expect him to be back in there trying to win the division, playoffs, and another Super Bowl. But those things are hard. I mean, Kansas City, they upgraded in their line play. The Cleveland, they upgraded in their, in their team. I mean, there's a lot of great teams. So you got to go through another training camp go through another preseason games. And, you know, I know in our Super Bowl year, the next year we had seven guys get injured for the season. We're out. So, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to play it day by day, game by game and hope you get there and you're healthy. And then you're ready to go in you know, late December and, and January. So hopefully, hopefully they do it again. Let me ask you this. Did you beat the Eagles for the NFC championship game that year to get to the Super Bowl? We did. We did. They were our nemesis. <laughs> they owned Hey, us. let me ask you something. What us, game? We got them what? when it counted though. Let me ask you this. What game is Brad Johnson's favorite game? That NFC title beating that to get over the hump, winning the Super Bowl obviously is the crowning achievement in anybody's career. But deep down, you know, there's always that one game and there's always that one team that you just couldn't get over. And they had had so much success. Was it that Eagle game? I love beating Green Bay on Monday Night Football. I love winning the Super Bowl. But, I, I, you know, I love beating San Francisco in overtime to win the division when I was in Washington. But, yeah, it was. I mean, Philly, they, they kind of – they had our number. I played them a bunch when I was in Washington. They had a, the guys that were going to make the Hall of Fame. They beat us early in the season, 20 to 10. I broke my – had to crack my ribs up there. Didn't feel like we could even get a first down. We went up there, played in the cold last game and in, in, in the vet. You know what I mean? So, went up there, won the NFC Championship game, got to sign the – <laughs> signed the wall when we won it and got to celebrate in the, in the vet. So loved it. It was a tough, tough game. It was, uh, it was awesome. I threw a little five yard pass to Joe Jervis over the middle. Go, go, Joe, go for 73 yards and Rondé Barber sealed the deal at the end of the game. And it was an awesome experience to win in the cold at the vet and shut it down. <laughs> shut the vet down. Brad Johnson. And, and then we opened up shut- the link in the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something, man, your journey. I mentioned it, and I put it on my Twitter feed. I had a seven-year career. We had Kurt Warner on with us a couple weeks ago, and Kurt kind of went through the same journey you did too. You know, I had to go through the World League and all that. I'm just wondering, when you think about where you went, Brad, to what your career has been, just give me a synopsis of how you see your NFL journey because everyone's got a different journey. Yeah, they do. Um, 
I was a kid that loved basketball growing up. I was a 3A player of the year in North Carolina. I wanted to play basketball. Ended up playing two years at Florida State. And can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you there. I think you're breaking up a little bit there, but I think you you dropped off when you said you had two years at FSU. Let's see if we can reconnect here for a sec, because I'd like to hear that story. So we're sitting here now and going through Brad Johnson's journey on how he got to this incredible career that he had. I love the fact that he closed the vet down and they got a chance to sign the wall. And then the next year they opened up the link there in Philadelphia as well. I mean, the journey that Brad Johnson has gone on when you heard him talking about playing in Washington and playing in Minnesota for coach, uh, you know, up there and coach Dungy was on that coaching staff when he was up in Minnesota. Also, he had a chance to play at not only at Florida state basketball, but obviously he played for Bobby Bowden at Florida state and had to go to the world league. And then he ends up becoming a starting quarterback for John Gruden. And he ends up going on and winning a championship and they end up beating a team that John Gruden had assembled when John was in Oakland. Bill Callahan was the head football coach of that team. And they went into, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that game was held in San Diego and they went in there and they ended up just waxing the Raiders there. So that's a quite a journey go going from the world league and then going around the NFL I mean, not every guy has a journey like that where, you know, everything is cut and dry. You're brought into a team. You're there forever. Okay. And no question about it. So looks like the internet's a little bit uh, down here for Brad, but that was some good stuff there, man. Talking about, again, he loved beating Green Bay on Monday night. He loved to end up beating, again, you know, going in winning against Washington, but he loved beating the Philadelphia Eagles too and closing down the link. All right, we'll take a brief time out. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way.
The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. Great catching up with a Super Bowl champion quarterback in Brad Johnson. Love stories from these guys. And when we bring people on, we bring people on because they're unique. Their journeys are unique. How they led teams to championships. Hey, man, I love dudes with rings. I love people that have accomplished things. I think even Brad won a world championship in the uh, World League. I think he won the World League Championship, and I think he even won, of course, he ended up winning the Super Bowl Championship with the Buccaneers in 2003. That 0-2 team was fantastic with Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch. Tony Dungy constructed that defense. It was the Tampa 2. Do you know who was on that coaching staff? Mike Tomlin, Lovey Smith. I mean, there were so many great coaches. Herm Edwards. All those coaches were on that staff. And they had a legendary. Monty Kiffin was the defensive coordinator of that team. Bunch of players and coaches who have Hall of Fame credentials all played on that team, man. Work Dunn was on that team in the backfield. Mike Allstott was a tremendous football player as well. Their old line was great. And they had just Brad. Hey, you know, if I'm a team out there that doesn't have a top flight team, quarterback and you see what that football team was able to accomplish by the way that 02 bucks team is considered one of the greatest football teams in NFL history because of that defense and so when you put that in context with what Ross Tucker said a couple weeks ago on our program I mean we were talking about Jalen Hurts and we were using him as an example or maybe even Sam Darnold In Carolina, think about it for a second. You don't have to have a top 10 guy to win a Super Bowl. You have to have an efficient quarterback to be able to get the job done. Keep me in third and short. Don't turn the ball over. Be a good teammate. 
And you know what? Let's go play 60. That's kind of what the Bucs did. And to Brad's point, you know, they always say this about that 0-2 Bucks team. You know, they're like, well, you know, it was Tony Dungy's team. Nah, yeah, it was. It was. But there were 19 new faces. I worked in Tampa for 15 years, did morning drive there. And I was on the radio constantly saying this. Hey, man, Tony Dungy's turning the entire culture around with this Buccaneer team. He completely is. He changed them, like Brad said, from the Buccaneers into the Buccaneers, and they became a formidable foe. And there were a lot of good football teams during that era. And the Buccaneers, I mean, you could go down the line of saying 2,000 Ravens and that defense and the 0-2 Buccaneer defense. Man, those two defenses, you don't see defensive football teams like that any longer with that access of talent on the team and on the roster. John Lynch just got named to the Hall of Fame this past season. And, I mean, look, you got Brooks and Sapp and Lynch. You could even put Simeon Rice, who was a defensive end on that football team, in the Hall of Fame. Rondé Barber is probably going to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. I think Barber's distinction is he's got 20 sacks and 20-plus interceptions in his career. I think he's one of the only players, if not the only player in the NFL, to do that. And he's at the cornerback position doing it. That team was damn good, man. And they didn't have a top-flight guy. But they were able to go and win football games, and they won the most important game at the end of the year. They went end up winning the Super Bowl with Brad Johnson as your starting quarterback. You know, some would say, and you know what the comparable thing is to those two teams, Ravens and Bucks. Trent Dilfer was the starting quarterback of that Ravens team. He was a former Buccaneer quarterback. Guy got ran out of town because they thought he couldn't deliver the goods. He goes to Tampa and get, I mean, he goes to Baltimore and guess where he wins the Super Bowl? He wins the Super Bowl against the Giants at Raymond James in Tampa. So he was kind of jamming it in her face right there. And a couple of years later, 2003 Super Bowl, 2002 season, the Bucs end up winning the Super Bowl. Pretty amazing story that whole little time there for the Bucs and how they ended up getting a Super Bowl championship. But it just shows you, you don't have to have a frontline dude to get it done. All right. I brought this up earlier, and I want to bring it up one more time here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers go through his offseason here. And you know what? I'm not really going to talk about, you know, what's going on between the ping pong match between the Packers and Aaron. This is more about Aaron, the character guy, or maybe lack thereof. So I was watching that, um, I guess, that video that was a promotional video for this upcoming. And by the way, it's for charity, which is cool. DeChambeau and Phil and Aaron Rodgers are going to be involved in this thing here, okay? So, okay, great. You know, you got Rodgers playing there. It's going to be cool. I think it's going to be cool. Don't have a problem with it. But my issue with him is, look at Brady. And now Brady played in this thing last year, too. So, you know, he played in it last year. But don't you get the sense that Brady, there's just more of a passion for what he's doing. What was that thing that Mark Murphy said over the weekend, the president of the Packers? Rodgers is a complex dude. He's a complex fellow. Are are you calling the guy an a-hole? Is that code for that? I don't know what that means, complex. 
really, what are you, a psychologist? That, that's kind of what I would say. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd go, what are you, a psychologist guy? You're psychoanalyzing your player? Is that what you do in Green Bay? You psychoanalyze the characteristics of a player? I'd be like this. Why don't you stick to being a GM and a president? Worry about building a team. Worry about not pissing off your entire roster or half your roster because one side of your roster is taking the side of the quarterback and the other side is taking the side of the fans. The Green Bay Packers have completely divided the entire fan base and the organization by their own actions. That's because if you know that that guy doesn't really love the game and he's this so-called complex guy, Who's got to be the adult in the room? Aaron Rodgers, from what I'm hearing, I talked to Pat McAfee the other day. Pat McAfee doesn't think he'll ever play another down in Green Bay ever again. And that this could be another situation here where it's a Barry Sanders deal, where he just calls it a career and he's out. This guy's got over $150 million in net wealth. He is a very popular superstar athlete. He could get a job in television if he wanted, either being the host of Jeopardy or, how about this, being a stadium uh, commentator, being a guy doing play-by-play, or being inside one of those uh, pregame shows. I'd like to hear from Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest spinners of the football. But if you know this already about this guy, why do you feel it unless you're really trying to push him out the door? And if you know that that guy's the con, someone's got to be the adult here. All right. You know, I, I tried to write the um, the Packer, you know, press release that's going to come out in a couple of weeks because it will come out. Remember, I said that last two days. I wrote a press release. Hey, this is Mark Murphy of the Green Bay Packers, and I just want our fans to know, which basically is telling the media that Aaron Rodgers is the face of our franchise. We want him to retire a Green Bay Packer because we cannot foresee anyone else leading us in the upcoming seasons. Not just 2021, but seasons as the leader of the Green Bay Packers. I know some things, and I'm writing this for you here, and this is how it's going to sound. And I know some things have been said publicly. We regret that as an organization, that it's got as public as it has. This is on us. We want all of our Packer fans and all that. Revere Green Bay to know that Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere and he's going to retire a Green Bay Packers. Signed, president of the team, Mark Murphy. If that press release doesn't come out, that guy's not playing there again. Then you got a whole other set of issues that you got to deal with. You let that guy just retire because you just had a pissing match with him? That's not good management. That's not good management, my friends. I say this to you. The difference is clear in this offseason. The difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is the love of the game. I know it sounds quirky. You know, that stuff that you write on the wall and give one the old kipper, you know, that stuff. And, hey, try hard for the team. You know, all that stupid stuff, man, because nobody cares about pregame speeches or halftime speeches. That is funny. You know, when I was playing for Coach Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy gave the worst pregame speeches of all time because you know why? He didn't. He talked to us Monday through Saturday. 
Jimmy would get in our face and tell us how important the game was. Don't let history leave the room. Grab it. Tackle it. Make it part of your resume history. You think that guy talked to us like that on game day? He never talked to us like that. Maybe after a win, he goes, how about them Hurricanes? Where do you think that? How about them Cowboys? Where do you think that came from? That came from us. How about them Hurricanes? That's where it all started. It didn't start in Dallas. Jimmy Johnson's career didn't start at Oklahoma State. It started in Miami, the Miami Hurricanes. That's why the entire coaching staff that was with me at Miami all went to Dallas, every single one of them. Every single one of them. Pre-game speeches and all that other crap. <laughs> that stuff didn't go on like that. Jimmy had a love for the game. There's certain dudes that love the game. You know, Tom Brady has, like, he's like a nerd. You know, have you ever seen that video with him and Gronk? Gronk goes like this. Hey, Tom, what's your favorite Super Bowl ring? I know. And they're like dorks sitting with their feet in the, the plastic swimming pools, you know? He's, I know. It's your next one. Ha ha. And they're like two dorks. I think Brady, but then again, I think Tiger's a dork. Okay? You know, one of them guys that, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to play Jeopardy with, actually, because they know everything. Brady has a great love for the game. He really does, man. All right. Something controversial about the NFL. I'll tell you what that is here. And I love list. My surprise teams of the upcoming 2021 season for the NFL. And I have my top 10 NFL players. That's every position. Plus the legendary voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. The legendary Eli Gold will join us in hour two. That's next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huckenfot. What's that? Huckenfot. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.